Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. Some talk shows think all of their opinions are right. This one, this one knows they are. This is Perception is Reality. Christopher H. Bilbury is a no-nonsense, well, maybe a little bit of nonsense, political activist, local government watchdog, and all-around good Hoosier and God-fearing American citizen. Is this guy for real? Holding lawmakers accountable and educating citizens on the importance of participating in their local government with a dab of national and world politics and a little pop culture and maybe some real-life common sense. This, this is, is Perception is Reality. And this is Christopher H. Bilbury. Politicians that won't give us answers. Officials who will do things that we don't want. Police officers that don't want to be kept honest. And what do they have to fear? Us, the public, finding out information. Us, the public, voting them out of office. Us, the public, demanding accountability. Say it again, FDR. What do we have to fear? The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Oh. Fear itself. Well, hell, that's nothing. And now, Perception is Reality, with your host, Christopher H. Bilbrey. So, yeah, I mean, that's basically it. Fear. What is fear? Fear is, you know, fear. Fear is to be afraid, to feel uneasy. A strong and unpleasant feeling caused by being aware of danger or expecting something bad to happen. Hey folks, my name, of course, like all of the intro and the little bump says, is Christopher H. Bilbrey. You know who I am by now. This is the 40th episode of Perception is Reality, and I want to thank you all for joining me. I want to thank you however you listen, whether it's on one of the hosting sites like iTunes or Google Podcasts, or iHeartRadio, or TuneIn, or Stitcher, however you're listening, we are on all major hosting sites. Or if you check us out on the home station of perception.fireside.fm, I'm going to ask that you please, please share by word of mouth. Say, listen to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Tell your friends to give it a chance, to give it a shot. Tell them to listen to a specific episode, have them start at the beginning, have them go backwards. However, just listen to the show. Give us one shot. Let us talk to you for 40, 45 minutes and see if you like it. Maybe you don't like this topic. Listen to another one. They have descriptions. You can kind of see what we're going to talk about if you go to the home site or any of the hosting sites. You can clearly see what the topics are about. This is the 40th episode. It's titled Fear Itself, and I wanted to talk to you guys in this episode about fear, about citizens' 
fear of different things within the political system. Maybe talk a little bit about elected officials' fear and candidates' fear and public servants' fear and what we all face. You know, the bottom line is we are all in this together. All right. We're all in the same community. We all should want the very best for the community, if nothing else, than for a selfish reason, for our own children, for our children's children. And we should want this place to be the best that it can be. Hell, we live in it. If you want to even be that selfish and say, hey, you know, I don't have any kids. I just want it to be a nice community for me to live, work, and play in. Again, whether you're talking about New York, or you're talking about Indianapolis, or you're talking about Boulder, Colorado, it doesn't matter where you're listening. You should want that place to be the best place it can be. And maybe you live in a very, very small community like Saratoga, Indiana, or Daleville, Indiana. So you have a wider community. You look at Anderson, or you look at Muncie. You maybe look at going to Fishers or Indianapolis. Where we live, work or play, and the community around us, the wider district, the wider area, maybe within an hour's drive, we want all of that place, all of those places, to be the best they can be. And so we should all want to come together. We should all want to be able to work together. Now, we're not going to always agree. Nobody agrees 100% of the time. That's just stupid. If you are agreeing with somebody 100% of the time, there's probably a problem, okay? It's important to understand that, that there is probably not going to be someone out there that you agree with 100% of the time because we all have different situations. We all have different upbringings. We all have different goals. And so we might agree with people a lot, and that's good, and you kind of network with those people. But it's okay to be around people that you disagree with. And it's okay to have conversations about that. I so often talk to people and I say, it was when we started teaching everyone and preaching the, you don't talk about politics and religion. I was just talking to a woman before recording this episode, a friend of mine that I have recently just reconnected with somebody I really didn't talk to a whole lot in high school, Holly Kemper. If you're out there in the world listening to this, hello. Uh, I'm just going to use you for a second. Uh, I'm actually going to be doing an interview with Holly coming up here real soon. She's somebody that has recently came to the table and said, hey, uh, I realize that I haven't been very uh, alert, I haven't been paying attention, and I think that it's time for me to get involved. And it's not like she wasn't intelligent, it's not like she doesn't care or didn't care, it's just she was living her life, and now she has found reasons to be involved and think that it's time for her to 
get active, and now she sees or needs to see where she's going to fit in this whole system. And there is place for everybody to fit. I promise you that. That's the big thing that we all need to understand. Everybody has a place that they can fit in the political spectrum when we're dealing with our local communities. So there's no reason to be afraid. A lot of times I hear people say they're scared to talk. They don't want to get up and talk at a public meeting because it looks like they're on the spot. They're, they're right there. You know, and it's not like a play that people are coming to pay money for and you can't get it wrong. You can stumble. You can say, uh, 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 or, or, or lose your place or kind of stutter or say a word wrong. Nobody expects you to be perfect. You're not getting paid to put on some performance. You, as a citizen, are talking to your elected officials who... I hate to break it to them, are not special. They're just people. They're no different than any of us. They're just sitting on the opposite side of the room because we allow them to. We allow them to by voting them in. So it's important that citizens not be afraid of our officials, okay? That's something that I... I harp on a lot, and I talk about it in different ways. I say, well, we shouldn't get in a train of thought that they're important, that they're, they're better than us, or, or this or that, because they're not. They are us. We are them. They were citizens at one point, and by God, they can be citizens again, I promise. We just have to get to the understanding of they're doing a job that we have elected them to do. We are allowing them to do it while they're in those seats. And if they are acting in ways that we don't want them to act, then we'll make sure that they're not in those seats for very much longer. It's just simple. So there's no reason for citizens to be afraid of the officials. Now, in the same token... I can absolutely say, and I don't ever want officials to be afraid of citizens. I don't mean like a fear like they're going to be harmed. But officials should be watchful and mindful of the fact that if they're not acting right, if they're not doing the best for their community, if they're not working for their citizens, their constituents' best interest then, oh yeah, you better be afraid. And we need to get that role reversed. We need citizens to be willing to come forward, to come out and to be involved, to be willing to ask questions, to stand up at meetings, to write letters to the editor, to be able to interact with their government and not be fearful, to know that, hey, I have the power. I am in charge because I am a voting citizen. And our officials need to say, oh, we better do right, because Johnny Doe is going to vote us out if we don't. And then that way we're not in a situation. But fear is a very, very big factor within all government, from the President of the United States 
all the way down to dog catcher in Saratoga. I know there's not a dog catcher in Saratoga. I'm just using that kind of being stupid. But here's the thing. Fear is a very major motivating factor or a non-motivating factor because of fear. And we need to work through that. You know, like, let me give you, for example, I collect public documents and I research what's going on through public documents and I use records requests in communities all the time. People know that's how I get information, that's how I look for crap, and that's how I have found a lot of my information that I've talked about in these podcasts and that I use when interacting with my officials. So earlier before this recording, in the last couple days, I was attempting to get a public document from the city of Muncie. It was a police report, and it was an arrest report. Now, you as John Q. Public can get documents from City Hall, and they can't stop you. You go and you request. There's certain procedures to do certain things. For information from the city councilors emailing back and forth, you probably have to fill out what's called an APRA request, an Access to Public Records request, or a FOIA request, a Freedom of Information request. For police reports and things from that sort, you don't really have to fill one of those out. You just go to the city hall, you go to your records department or your town hall, the town clerk's office, and you tell them, hey, I want this police report. Now, they can't ask you why. It doesn't matter. Now, there's some things they can't give you. If there's an active investigation going on, of course they're not going to give you that information. That's because they don't want to provide information during the investigation that could hamper their case or this or that. And so that's understandable. And there's some information that they won't give you because of like privacy as it relates to victims or certain crimes and that. You know, but as far as the basic just initial reports and their basic initial narratives, that pretty much is always open. So I've, I've, I've received these records from various agencies, various different cities, towns, counties, all over Indiana and even outside of the state of Indiana many, many, many times. But when I went in to get this arrest report, it was a little bit different because the arrestee is currently a city employee. Matter of fact, the person who was arrested is currently a Muncie City police officer. Now, he was not a Muncie City police officer at the time of the arrest, so that, you know, doesn't really have much bearing. And even if he was it really still doesn't have much bearing. It's still an arrest report. It was still done, and it's accessible to the public. Now, this also happened in 2013, so it's been several years ago, which means there's definitely not an ongoing case. There were never any charges filed in this account, and that's part of the problem here. And so I knew that it was completely accessible. So I go to get it, 
and they like stonewall me. And so I have to leave and I get some further information and I go back and they're stonewalling me still. And, you know, that's fine. I have to go through the process. It's a big deal. It's pretty heavy in there, you know, feeling like a little ominous. You can see that there are police officers out in the hallway and they're kind of looking at what I'm doing. Of course, it's been spread all around the city building by now, what I'm asking for and who's involved and what's happening. So there's some back and forth and I eventually get it, okay? And when I'm leaving, there's like a police officer who is sitting in the parking lot, kind of like behind my car, in a kind of a funky way. And so, you know, nothing happened, but, you know, here's the deal. In the policing world, you have what's called the thin blue line. You have this brotherhood and sisterhood of cops, and the way policing is, you become a family. You know, you have to look out for one another. You have to protect one another. Policing is not easy, and I understand that. I understand becoming friends with each other. I understand being a family and looking out. And I understand you, police job is tough. I've done it. It is a thankless job, and it is definitely tough. It's definitely crazy. But what can't happen is we can't get into the mindset of protect each other at all cost because that can't fly because if you have a bad police officer that needs to be exposed so that bad police officer is not making a black eye on the rest of the department i mean that's just common sense and so anyways i leave the department and the rest of the day I kind of feel like I'm seeing more police than I generally see. I'm seeing them behind me, I'm seeing them beside me, and they're letting me know that they're there. Now, do I think that they're going to do anything bad to me? No, I hope not. Do I think that anything stupid is going to happen? I hope not. But that night, I go to a friend's house, and I'm sitting on this friend's porch, and a police car drives by. Now, in the whole two and a half, three hours I was there, I hadn't seen any other police car drive by. They live in a really nice area, and there's you know very low traffic. There's just neighbors in the area. If you're not from the area, you're not down there, really. And so it was kind of unusual because we're talking. It's like 10.30 at night, just two guys out on this guy's porch. And a police car goes by, definitely is looking at us, turns the overhead light, the alley light on. So on police cars, you have the red and blue flashers, but you can also make the sides of the flashing bar bright white to look out and they use that at nighttime to look down alley they used to be called alley lights or takedown lights and so they can flash it and they can look and i'm not talking about the little gumdrop ball that they use next to the door that they're using to put in your window when they pull you over i mean an actual white like spotlight on the top of the car that they use to flash down and he flashes that on us and just on us, drives by the house, the property, real slow. When he gets past us, turns that light off, and he pulls off. Now, that was only done to let us know that he was looking at us. 
So it's just sending a little bit of that intimidation fear. Was I doing anything wrong? Was my friend doing anything wrong? Absolutely not. Was I doing anything wrong in requesting the document? No, but you know what? Then they know it's out. They've done really well in not letting this information get out, so they don't want it to be out. There's nothing illegal about it, or if it was, they wouldn't have given it to me. So they try to use those intimidations. Now, there are people who that intimidation level would stop. It would stop them from doing anything. Now, do I know if I'm going to be arrested tomorrow as some kind of big drug dealer because something winds up in my car? I sure as hell hope not. I'm not currently, or nor have I been, ever dealing drugs or doing anything that I should be arrested for. But that is something that people think because they have a fear of coming out. Because we have created this culture of fear, of not speaking out. And how do we remove that? How do we get citizens to feel like it's okay? Well, by one, inserting politicians in the positions that say, listen, we are going to be 110% transparency. No behind-the-scenes bullshit. If you have questions, ask your questions. I'm going to appoint people in these positions, in department head roles, who will demand 100% accountability and transparency at all times. Nothing more, nothing less. And then citizens can start seeing that the city, the town, the county whatever the state level, is running smoother and people are allowed to be involved and citizens feel as though they can ask questions. You know, if you make a citizen feel stupid for wanting to ask a question, maybe they won't ask a question again. But in city government, there is no stupid question because anyone willing to get up and be involved... They, they're there. God bless them. Whether I agree with what they're asking or not, or whether I agree with what they're saying or not, they have that right to be there. The founders of the United States of America made it so. They made it so. So we need to remove that fear. And if it means that we have to remove those people, those politicians, those public servants, those police officers or firefighters or EMS that instill that fear, then that's what it means. We have to remove them because we have to be open. This is part of the way that we're going to better our local government through our citizen involvement. Now, talking about fear going on the flip side. You have a candidate. I had a candidate who walked up to me at the beginning of the week, and he said, well, I don't know, Mr. Bilberry, if I can trust you. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. First of all, there's no reason for you to not trust me. But second of all, it doesn't matter if you trust me or not. I'm not running for office. 
I'm not asking for your vote. I don't want you to put me in a position where I'm your representative, I'm a fiscal body member, I'm a legislative body member, I'm not asking to be the mayor, I'm not asking for you to do anything. You're the one that's running, and I need to know if I can trust you. So if you have a healthy fear of me as a voter, as a constituent, as a journalist, or as a political commentator, then you should keep that fear because you should have a healthy dose of fear about every person in your constituency because you're the one running for the office. And so you need to keep that fear a little bit. But you also need to be able to put yourself out there. Let me explain this to you. I'm in a situation right now where I have two candidates running for mayor of my home community. All right. I'm going to talk about good old Winchester just for a moment. We have Republican candidate for Winchester mayor, Bob McCoy, who is currently a Randolph County Council member. He is a former Winchester City Councilor who I believe did not finish his term in office. I believe that that's pretty accurate. I have Bob running for mayor as a Republican who has spoken to me in the past, but since he's been running for mayor, has refused to communicate, will not answer text messages, will not answer phone calls, has not answered any type of communications through social media, and matter of fact, has me blocked on social media. Now, if he should become mayor, that behavior will quickly have to stop because if he continues to block me and he's elected mayor, he will be in violation of the Indiana Public Access Counselor's rules and laws, and we'll deal with that then. On the other side of the aisle, I have Democrat Bill Richmond, who is currently a contractual employee, I believe, with the radio station in the area, and he does some news stories and community events. He used to be a former contractual employee with the News Gazette, and he is also currently one of the appointed members to the Board of Public Works in the city administration. The Democrat candidate, Bill Richmond, has also refused to speak with me from the beginning of the election back all the way in January, all the way through. Now, the other day, we did finally speak. And I'll tell you, it means a lot. He walked up. And I got to give him respect for this. He approached me and we did finally talk. He too, like Bob, had not been answering calls, had not been answering texts, and he also has me blocked. And again, if he should win, he'll have to unblock me because that will present him with an issue if he doesn't. But here's the whole thing. I don't care if we're talking about my candidates in Winchester. I don't care if we're talking about the candidates in Muncie. 
I'm trying to get their side of things. First of all, in Winchester, I want to know who these guys are. I have pretty good thoughts in my mind about who these people are from being around and who I plan to vote for. But I want to hear what they have to say, and I want to, I want to understand and know why they have refused to speak with me. Now, I talked to Bill a little bit about this, and it'll be interesting to hear what Bob has to say if Bob truly does decide to talk with me. Besides talking with me, I would like to interview with these folks so that others in the community that might not go to the forum and might not listen to the three-minute questions that they put out, they'll be able to hear who they are and have an understanding. But see, the whole community in Winchester... The whole, I mean the community, I mean those in charge don't like that idea. They want people to not pay attention. That's how corruption, dirty, self-serving government works. When you as the citizen sit down, shut up, go away, don't ask any questions, don't expect anything. We're going to do what we're going to do, and that's how it's going to be. That's what they want, and that's everything I despise, and that's everything that we here at Perception is reality, the platform, the whole network system that we have. That's everything that we fight against. That's not how good government works, folks. So I have this to say to them or to any candidate in Muncie or in the state of Indiana or in all of the other states. If you can't talk to somebody like myself that you might not be sure what I'm going to say or what questions I'm going to ask, but you just better be ready because you know, as an official, you got to be on your feet, and you can't just block people that you don't like. If you can't talk to me because you find me maybe a little adversarial, how in the hell are you going to be an elected official? Let's just face it. You're going to have people that are calling you every name, that are telling you how horrible you are, how horrible your ideas are, what a loser you are, that you should jump off a cliff, because people like to poke. I'm not saying that. Everybody looks at what I do, and if you are a candidate who is on the receiving end of my wrath, all right, one thing, if you're being honest, one thing that you have to say is, you know, I'm not being unreasonable. I'm not attacking your family. I'm not saying stuff that doesn't matter. You might not like what I'm saying about what you do as an official, and that's your right to disagree with me. But everything I'm talking about is political, you know? There are others out there that don't ever talk about the political angle of it and just say off-the-wall stupid crap. But if you can't handle an appropriate, maybe sometimes stern, or, you know, maybe a little heated even, you know, sometimes civil discourse and communications about politics can get a little heavy sometimes. You know, that happens. And if you can't handle that from me, 
you have no business being a mayor or a city councilor or a city clerk. And I'm sorry, that's just the way it is. If you can't handle the fear, or I don't even know what it is. What you know, this is what I said to Bill when he approached me. I said, you know, what are you said you can't trust me? What are you afraid of? Are you afraid that I'm going to tell somebody something that you tell me? Shouldn't you want me to do that? You know, you shouldn't be telling me anything that you want me to keep secret. You're a candidate running for office. So if you're telling me some lies and some bullshit, yeah, you should probably be afraid that I'm going to tell people that. But if you're talking to me about your policies and your ideas, well, you should hope that I'm shouting that from the rooftop. Now, the one thing that these people might be afraid of, and I'm not saying this about Bill, I'm not saying this about Bob or about anybody else, I'm just saying this in general. Some of these people might be afraid that I can see through them, meaning that I can tell they don't have a clue what the hell they're talking about. And now that might be something that induces fear and panic because they might not want that out. I had an official one time tell me, a candidate rather, not an official, I had a candidate, and I'm not going to mention the name or the area, or if it's a man or a woman, but I had this candidate say, well, once you elect me, I will sit down and talk with you about whatever you want to talk about, and I will always be open to you. And I thought, well, wait a minute. And I said to this candidate, I'm not going to go and pull the trigger for you and vote for you on the promise that you're going to talk to me once in office, because first and foremost, if you won't talk to me now, once you're in office, I'll have to wait four years to vote your ass out if, if you break this promise. You know, people often break their promises, especially politicians. That just happens. So if you're telling me that now, and then you say, well, once I get in office, he can't do anything, it'll be four years, blah, 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 blah. Well, that's, that's true, but I'm not going to go vote for you on the promise that you might talk to me. But moreover, if you can't talk to me now, just simply as this, I am not going to vote for you. But I got to thinking, maybe the reason that they said that, maybe the reason that they made the statement that they would talk to me as soon as they were elected is because they knew that if they talked to me now, I'd find out that they didn't know what the hell they were doing. And that's really scary, folks. That is something to be afraid of. That's something that we as citizens should be afraid of, and it's something that they should definitely be afraid of, that getting out. I just don't, you know, I don't get it. I don't get it. This shouldn't be rocket science. It's us trying to make our communities better. You know, think of all of the technology that we have, all of the education that we have. We have never been at a better place ever. Humans, 
Right now is the best time in the world to be alive. There is no other time than now that has been better than it is now. And we still are so backwards. We're, no, we're so far away from what the founders originally wanted. It's not even funny. All the way up from small three-horse town towns all the way to city to county to big first-class cities, Indianapolis, all the way up to New York to Washington, D.C., all the way to the state governments and the national government. We are so far away. My goal here is to encourage you all to be active, to participate, and to think that it is important enough for you to get involved, to be involved, to ask questions. And some of you maybe to file to run for office. That is my goal. That's my goal. I want to be your platform, your station, your voice. You know, I think I'm going to steal away from Nora Powell giving volume to your voice. Nora Powell doesn't do anything. Gives volume to Phil Nichols. I, Christopher H. Bilbury here at Perception is Reality, give volume to your voice. You have my microphone. I will turn it over to you. To the citizens. You know, that's what I'll do to Megan and to Jake and to Pat and to Kate and to Phil and to Audie and to Dion and to, to Anson and to Larry and to Tyler and to Shirley and to Jennifer and to Lynn and Derek. I, I, all of you. Anybody that contacts me, I give you my whole contact information. You can hit me up on Facebook at Christopher H. Bilbrey, Christopher with a K, K R I S T O P H E R, Christopher H. Bilbrey on Facebook. Or simply go to facebook.com backslash Bilbrey318. Or you can go to the new Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey Facebook page that we're in the process of getting rolling. Or you can find the platform at the home station of perception.fireside.fm or you can email me at khbilbury at gmail.com or you can call or text me direct at 765-546-9796 Alright, I want to make sure that we are very, very clear here. I give you the floor I want you to be a part of this. I want to help remove the darkness, bring in the light, disinfect all the dirt, throw out all the bums, arrest all the corrupt idiots, and I want to fill it with people like us. I don't care if you're a Democrat. I don't care if you're a Republican. I don't care if you're independent. I don't care if you're a teacher or you're a janitor or you're a factory or heavy machine operator. I don't care if you talk into a microphone or you think I'm an idiot. What I care about is that you're a citizen that wants to make your community a better place. And if you have questions, I want those questions asked. 
and I want you to get an answer. If you disagree with me, I love you for it, pal. That is your right, your God-given, born an American, a citizen of the greatest country on the face of the freaking planet. I'm not going to apologize for being an American. I'm not going to get into all that left-wing crap. If you want to do that, hallelujah, brother. You have the platform to do it, and you have that platform here with me, with Perception is Reality. And everyone has that here. We remove the fear. There's nothing to fear but fear itself. And fear itself, I'm kicking its ass out the door. It's leaving the citizen's corner, and if it wants to go over to the officials, and the officials want to be saddled with it, well, maybe they have a reason to be fearful, because if they're not doing right, they'll be back with the citizens soon enough. And I want to say, candidates, you can't be fearful. You're running for office. And if you are fearful, you better figure that out right now. Because we ain't got time for that. We have streets to be fixed. We have roads that need to be plowed. We have trash to be picked up. We have police that need to get out and police. We have firemen that need to get out and fire. We need to do what we need to do to bring businesses in and to get our communities rolling. That's what we need to do in our small cities, towns, counties, and in our big cities, small towns, and counties, the suburbs, the county areas, way out in the country, wherever you are, that's the best place you can be, folks. And we need to take pride in it. We need to get involved. No time like now. People say, well, you know, I just, it seems like too much to get involved with, and I'm afraid I won't know everything. There's that fear again. I'm afraid. Stop saying that. Everybody needs to quit saying that. It's no time like now. There's never a better time to start than right now. Something is better than nothing. Something is better than nothing. And there's never been a better time to start. You know, those are the two things that people need to understand. You don't need to jump in and know every single thing. Jump in and ask questions and get educated. Be involved. And that's how you can make yourself more engaged, more educated, and ready to be involved. That's how you can get active and get educated and be ready to help us fight for our communities. But you got to remove that fear. And I'm here, and there's others here that will help you with that. I'm going to tell you right now, I talked to the whole lot of you, and there is a whole lot of you out there. There's a whole lot of you out there. Did you hear that? Hello, I was knocking on the mic. You hear that? 
all of you out there, there's a whole bunch of you out there. I, I feel at ease. It's like we're sitting around having a conversation in my living room. But I'm going to tell you, even though I talk to the officials and I ask questions and I get up and I speak at council meetings and I've done that for a long time, I still get nervous. I still get nervous. That's okay. That's just means that you're breathing. If people didn't get nervous, I'd wonder about you. Hell, I get afraid when I stand up against police, specifically police that might be corrupt. Don't you think I'm afraid? I'm begging that I don't get arrested or that they don't kill me. They don't end me. Yeah, fear is real. But if we stand together, we can remove that fear. We can say, "Uh uh-uh, that don't have a place here no more. We aren't taking it. And that's how we will approach making our communities better. By removing that fear, that fear itself, that only thing that's standing in the way of good people getting involved and being active, that one itty-bitty little feeling that stops people from speaking out, from getting involved, from filing to run, that fear of losing, that fear of saying something wrong, that fear of messing up, that fear of somebody being mad at you, that fear of maybe this citizen won't agree with you or this or that. It doesn't matter. You and your thoughts are the only thing that matter at this exact moment in time. And meeting up with other like-minded people just like you. They're out there. Meeting up with people that might not be like-minded like you, but people that understand that you have a right to feel the way that you do. You might be on opposite ends of the spectrum, but you all have one thing in common. You're trying to make your community the best that it can possibly, possibly be. And let's do what's best for the communities that we live in, working together to remove fear for us, the citizens, to give us the empowerment that we need to better our local communities and local governments by our citizen involvement and by keeping the officials accountable and transparent and making our communities the best that they could possibly be. I'm Christopher Bilbrey. You're listening to Perception is Reality, and we'll be right back after this quick break. All right, folks. Well, that's episode 40, Fear Itself, and... It can be a killer. It can absolutely be a killer. It can be a soul crusher. It can take people out of commission. And it can help breed corruption. And that's what we need to fight against because that cannot be allowed anymore. We are here and we're proud. We're taking back our communities. 
one day at a time, one step at a time, and one public office at a time. And we will do that, but it takes all of us. One way we can help spread the word is by bringing more and more folks to the platform to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. And I want to be clear, it's as much your show as it is mine. And you are always welcome to it. Your ideas, your thoughts, your beliefs, they are always welcome here. But we have to continue spreading the word to bring people to the platform. Again, you can find us on all major podcasting hosting sites as well as the home station of perception.fireside.fm. For all of us here at the show, I want to say thank you very much for tuning in. God bless. Stay active, involved, and engaged. And we'll talk to you again real soon. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. You've been listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Bilbrey. Tune in, like, and subscribe at perception.fireside.fm. Hook up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Bilbrey318 and on Twitter at PISRBilbrey. Email khbilbrey at gmail.com or get off your butt and call the show at 765-546-9796. Till next time, remember... Perception Perception is reality. Reality. This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.